Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. Cheering crowd sound, it's concerts, concerts that made us, concerts that made us.com. On this episode of Concerts That Made Us, I'm joined by Artie and Darren from Damn Your Eyes, a New York based metal band with a sound I know you're going to love. And before we listen to one of their tracks, I have to tell you this is the final episode in season two. We will be back later in the summer, but in the meantime, keep an eye on our socials for a couple of surprise episodes along the way. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show. It happened once again. Taking stock, let's start. 
Harty and Darren, you're very welcome to Concerts That Made Us. Well, thank Glad you to be here. I'm delighted to have you. I've been looking forward to this one now for a while. So we might as well get straight into it. We opened the show with your song, Weaponized. Would you like to tell us a bit about it? That you are. Hi, Darren. Hi, uh, Come on. All right. So Weaponized is... Uh, little little bit different for us not too much we went a little bit more pockety with the groove and uh took it to a a, a real melodic place kind of touched our alice in chain side i would guess you would say um if you had to compare it to something and kind of already really went deep with the lyrics uh and try to make it you know a song about you know um you know reaching into the inside and and, and ex- when you're experiencing some stuff that's going on in your life. And um, you did a fantastic job with everything. I mean, uh, I can't say enough. I mean, the song speaks for itself, but uh, when that song came to the table, it was just like, you know, what are we going to do with this thing? And it, it, it evolved as we were writing and working on it, it evolved. And then by the time we got in the studio, it totally evolved. And Gabby took over with, with all these melodies and everything. And then they added the vocal melodies and, um, along the way, I changed the drums because the drums were pretty typical double kick, follow the riff kind of thing. And then I had this brain idea one day because I'm a major Toto fan. Uh, I was listening to a lot of Jeff Picaro and I just went with it. I said, hey, I'm going to try something different. Do you, you guys mind? They said, go with it. And what you hear on that track is what I came up with. And I'm really glad we went that way instead of the typical follow what the trend is. Yeah. We kind of went on our own. Um, so it's it's a it's a brilliant track, and I think uh, I think it's uh, one of our best. So yeah, it's definitely definitely a great song. It's kind of the tempo is kind of slower than your usual stuff, but it's still pretty heavy. It kind of hung on to the heaviness of it. Yeah, it's it's all about the groove for us. So we try to catch a groove in all of our songs, uh, no matter how fast it is or how heavy it is. You know, it's it's really uh, we're really a groove orientated band, you know, and, uh, you know, the darkness of the song and kind of like the darkness of the riffs and stuff, you know, uh, it makes it heavier than than uh, something where you're just chunking on a riff, you know. Mm. Um, so, you know, heavy comes in all different levels. And, uh, you know, that this one has a heavy content and, and uh, a real heavy groove that we. We, we enjoy the song so much. We enjoy playing it. We, we, we loved recording it. And uh, we're really happy that people are digging it. You know, it's, that's a big thing. You know, we write for us. We don't write for other people. You know, we us and the fact that anybody likes our stuff it just blows our mind to begin with. You know, we, just, we feel so grateful and, uh, and humbled and blessed. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you mentioned the dark, the darkness of the lyrics. There is kind of dark themes within the song. Is it from personal experiences or do you approach songwriting from a point of a character? Uh, this is a personal experience piece, you know, um, not necessarily that I, uh, you know, did bad things, but I, but it's about bad thoughts, you know, it's about bad thoughts, getting out of control and, uh, and changing who you are internally because, you know, of the level of upset you are, you know, um, some of the songs I, I, I write you know, uh, about other people or, you know, that, but most of it comes from a personal experience. You know, um, I relate to songs that I could plug into my life, 
you know, and if, most of the time it's written about something totally different, but it means something different to me. You know, I, I personalize a song. So, um, you know, that's kind of the, the route that I take with this stuff. I write personal and hopefully, you know, other people uh, can plug that into their lives like so many people do. Do you mind putting a bit yourself into the songs? Is this kind of like therapy to kind of express yourself through, through the lyrics? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the whole writing process is therapy for all of us, you know, but when it comes to the lyrics, it definitely is a therapeutic experience, you know, and I, I try to stick to things that, you know, I could hear over and over again and I get sick of, you know, um, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've lived uh, an extraordinary life. I've had a lot of really wild experiences throughout my life, ups and downs, uh, you name it. I've kind of been through it. I always say I kind of lived like a hundred lives, you know? And, uh, so, you know, um, it's very therapeutic to, to put down something, um, that you've been through because, uh, you kind of look at it differently yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And the band as a whole, I'd love to let the listeners know, how did you guys come together? What's the story behind the band? Uh, well, I, I started this in 2015 with me and a drummer and it was just, I had just gotten sober. Uh, you know, I stopped drinking and doing drugs and I, I got the fire to play again. And, uh, so I'm like, I'm going to do something. So I started writing and then I got together with the drummer and we were just jamming on stuff and writing songs. And, uh, eventually, you know, Kenny or singer, I reached out to him. I, I had got out on tour with, with Harley Flanagan. I used to play for Harley Flanagan, the Chromes. And, uh, so I got on tour with him and, and Kenny was living in Arizona and I kind of reached out to him and eventually he moved back to New York uh because he wanted he wanted to do this with us and as soon as he joined the band Odie joined the band immediately because i wanted Odie to play with us mm. and uh you know he, he he's involved in other projects himself and he said you know i'm not really going to join something that's not ready yet you know and uh because i played with Odie in a lot of different things growing up i've known him my whole life and once kenny joined Odie called me about 10 minutes after we posted it and said i'm in so <laughs> that's how it's really started and then you know, it didn't work out with the, with the first drummer. We went through a few drummers uh, and then during the pandemic, you know, um, we had to let a guy go and, and we found Darren and Darren plugged in perfectly. He's he's everything that we were looking for personality wise, uh, playing wise, attitude wise, uh, everything. And I played with Gabby. Gabby played with me and Harley Flanagan and he had left um, uh, Harley's band and, and we we, you know, we stayed in touch throughout the whole time. And I asked him if he wanted to be involved with this and he jumped on it right away. And he was the only guitar player that I wanted in this band. You know, I had some other ideas, but it just, I don't know the way that me and Gabby work. It's, it's a different thing. So he jumped on it and, uh, and now we have this, this lineup and it's been, you know, it's been two years now, uh, strong and we've been just, uh, plugging away and writing songs and booking shows, no matter what happened during the pandemic, we just kept going after it. So that's kind of how this whole thing came about. And Darren, from your point of view, how did you feel the first time you heard the band? I loved it. I mean, I'm a groove guy. Uh, even though my background is thrash and death metal, uh, that's what I kind of 25 years did. That was kind of my thing, but it was always, I always plugged groove into everything. Uh, my favorite band of all time is Pantera. So right then and there, that's it. You're, you're, you're locked in. So their groove um, was something that struck me immediately. 
and the riffs and you know everything about it was perfect i had just left uh like i said my band of 24 years uh, we put it to bed for once and for all and and i was kind of looking for something new i was kind of jamming with a new york hardcore band didn't work out and already reached out to me and i immediately got to work uh learned about 12 songs in about nine days and uh started we jammed during the pandemic at his house and everything just hit off and he looked at me and said hey if you want the job it's yours and i said i'm in and that was it couple weeks later we jammed with gabby and like immediately like immediately it felt right like it was the most calm exciting perfect feeling i've ever felt jamming in a band and it's only gotten that much better you know since day one so it's it's exciting it's it's uh it's been a real great two years and i can't wait to see what we do moving forward you both touched on the, the pandemic there. It was such a, a dark period for the music worldwide and, you know, lots of bands couldn't play. How did you guys approach it? Did you use your time wisely to perfect and write lyrics, write songs? All work. That's all we did. We worked while every other band was like, eh, we're not going to jam. We're not going to do this. We'll see what happens. Everything's closed down. Why is it? We got to work immediately. <laughs> We, we learned all the old songs, made sure we had them in the pocket so they were ready to go. So if anything, this ended, we were ready to go for shows. And then we started immediately working on new material, got that all worked out, went right into the studio, recorded three songs, and then started releasing them over the course of a year. And it was, it was fantastic. I mean, and never lost a step. And whenever anything would come up, we'd be ready to go. And, and we've kind of just continued that. We just, you know, there's some stuff that's going on personally for me right now. And even through that, uh, we work right through it. We, we just don't stop. We're, we're, uh, we're almost like a freight train where you can't stop us. Like we have a, our eye on a prize and we're shooting for it. And we're, we're never just, we're never going to stop. So it's, it's been, the pandemic actually was good for us. Um, it got us to really put our, our you know, nose to the grindstone and get to work. And that's what we did. And it was fantastic. And I yeah. think, you know, I, I maybe this is wrong of me to say, but I think if we didn't have a pandemic, I don't know. I don't know if we would have had much work done. Right. Because we had all this extra time. Guys were out of work. We weren't doing stuff. And we were able to just get in there and just go. And it was fantastic. And it, it paid off in the end because we had we recorded three killer songs. And then here we are. And we have three other songs that we had w- worked on and recorded. So weaponized being one of them. So. It was it was a fantastic time, definitely. You're probably one of the very few people that would say that, but I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear that you actually used your time wisely, and were so productive and turned into a positive almost. Oh yeah, that's it. That's yeah. the, the only way. Only way we looked at it was that we're going to take every second that we have and every moment that we have to make this work, and we're going to make it work, and it it worked out perfectly. In, in every negative is a positive. And in my life experience, you know, the worst of times end up always being the best of times for me. So, you know, as horrible as the pandemic was and the loss of life and, you know, the uncertainty of everything, uh, you know, we, we looked for the opportunity in it. And then uh, we just seized the moment. That's all you could do is, you know, we just kept one foot for the other. And, you know, next thing you know, we're in the studio. The next thing you know, we're, we're starting to do a little shows here and there that we can. And, uh, and here we are, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So 
I love asking bands this and hearing the different answers I get. But what are the values behind the band? What do you want to achieve? What are your dreams? <laughs> the values behind the band? I, I know that uh, we, we'd like to conquer the world. You know, we'd like to be out and, and, uh, and, and break it and, and have, you know, people see uh, what we have going on here and end up doing some big tours and, uh, and kind of, you know, living that life, uh, a life of music where we get to write and do that stuff. Uh, our core values as people are, we're all, we're all kind of similar and we're all different, you know? So we, um, you know, we see the light in each other and, you know, we, uh, we recognize that, that, uh, that, you know, we don't change, we don't try to change each other. We don't try to do anything like that. We just, we're all there for each other. This is a very family oriented band where we look at each other as family. Um, you know, we, we stick by each other's side and, uh, you know, uh, Darren, you have anything to add to that? I mean, you hit it right in the head. I mean, uh, the other thing is, is we make sure that everything that we do is fun first and foremost, because if you're not, if you're just doing this to do it, it's what's the point, right? We have an absolute blast. We bust each other's nuts every, every time we get together, be it practice, a show or writing session, whatever it is. We're always cracking on each other and that's important, right? I mean, you got to have that kind of bond, right? And that's what we have. We have that. It's more than a brotherhood to us. You know, the five of us will forever be attached as brothers. I mean, but like already said, we are, we are family first and foremost, and then we are the musical entity that we are. And uh, I love those guys more than anything in this world. They are, they are, they mean the world to me. So. I back at you, pal. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the uh you found the secret ingredient to making a band work. Yeah, fun. Uh, you know, actual having love for each other. You know, if if things go the way that we're we're shooting for, we're gonna be spending a lot of time together. Uh, you know, in a in a van or in a bus or whatever it is, and you have to have the right kind of group of guys to do that with, you know. Uh, it doesn't mean we don't butt heads. It doesn't mean we have disagreements or anything like that, like any other situation, but we have a way of handling it. And uh, with, you know, with, with a loving touch, it's not like, this is how this is going to go. Everybody's got to do this. You do this, you do this, you know, everybody contributes equally to the band. You know, it's not one guy pushing everything. You know, I do, the, I do the bulk of the riff writing and then I bring it to the guys and everybody just helps tweak it and, and adds their own things. And, uh, you know, there's no fighting and disagreements where it's, you know, where it gets vicious at all. It's just like, you know, we all want the best for the song, but that's how we work. You know, we work, this sounds best for the song. And Gabby and I, when we go in the studio, a lot of times we'll change, we'll change uh, riffs a little bit here and there and while we're recording. So when the guys get the recordings back, uh, they're <laughs> like, you know, oh, wow, that's different. You know, uh, it's all about just really, really making the song the best that we can and to showcase what we do you know um and we've been doing it a long time so i, I guess we picked up a couple pointers along the way you know <laughs> yeah yeah and since the podcast is concerts that made us i'd love to get a taste of your guys concerts so for anybody that's listening that hasn't had a chance to see you yet what can they expect when they see you play live energy one thousand percent energy that's that's what it is i mean you're going to get that heavy groove in your face every time. And we're never going to leave you disappointed. Uh, just how we do it. 
we, we work hard to make sure our shows are perfect. You know, I mean, there's always going to be a little, you know, you miss a note here, you miss a beat here, I miss a symbol there, whatever. But uh, we, we really pride ourselves on being that band that takes the time to really work. And then we, we just give it to you. We give, we sweat out and bleed out everything in us to give you the absolute best show. And that's important to us because we want to leave you to leave with the impression of that band was fucking incredible. Right. That's, that's what you want. You don't just want to go up there and go through the motions. You want to go up there and be like, what was that? Like, (laughs) I mean, cause that, that's always something to me. Like, and it doesn't matter. I'll give you a great example. So I'm not a big new music fan at all. Recently, I took my son to see this band called uh, see Slipknot, and they had this band Wage War open for them. Didn't really know who that they were. A younger band, they've been around maybe five, six years. They blew me away, and I will tell you now, they blew Slipknot off the fucking stage. Oh man! In my opinion, my my kid even said it, and he's the biggest Slipknot fan in the world. So that's what I look for when I go to a show. So I know we all want that same thing. We want you to come to see us, whether you know who we are, you don't know who we are, and leave there going. Yeah, <laughs> that was a show. Mm. So, yeah, you know, you say concerts. You know, this is concerts. Uh, talking about that whole thing. When I first saw Pantera, I watched the oh, band yeah. that just that just brutalized the, their set. They just crushed it the whole time, and they were having the time in their lives doing it. You know, you could you could see that they were enjoying what they were doing and having a good time together. Mm. And that's what you'll also see at our shows is that we have a lot of fun together on that stage you know uh we rehearse together we do all that stuff together and when we we get in front of people and we we feel their energy and we give them theirs and it's just this push and pull back and forth you know yeah and uh and we're having a blast doing it you know i mean we're so lucky to be able to do this we're not we're not a bunch of spring chicken you know we're (laughs) we're guys in in the middle of our lives here and uh and we put together something that's very hard to do you know it's very hard to put together a band that's uh that's everybody's very talented and everybody's got a good attitude and everybody's not looking to be the star, you know? Yeah. Uh, so when we get out there, we just, we're having so much fun together. We feel so lucky to be in this situation together. And then we feel so lucky that people are enjoying it. And we get that response. You know, when we stop a song in that crowd, rah, you know, they give us that thing. It's just like, whoa, you know, that, that's, this is what it's all about, you know? And, and that that community, that family that that we have together, we like to try to um, I think that that uh, that shines from us and, and people feel that. Since I have to ask, since you said you're no spring chickens, how do you guys get energized and motivated for a show? <laughs> Geritol? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? It's. And before any show, you're going to get you're going to get that adrenaline going. Uh, it doesn't matter how old you are. You know, you, you have the, the little fears. You have the anticipation. You know, is anybody going to show up? You have all this stuff going on. And um, and that's enough. You know, once that first chord hits and we're in it together, you know, uh, that's all it takes, man. The, you know, the, the adrenaline just shoots through your system. Um, you know, we're not up there doing backflips, you know, but uh but we're definitely, you know, giving it all we have. And, uh, and, we, and we're not that old either. It's not, you know, we're no spring chickens, but we're not that old. And we all take, you know, relatively good care of ourselves. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, 
it doesn't take much to get us uh, excited and uh, with our adrenaline pumping. You might have to think now about this answer, but can you tell me the best experience you guys have had at one of your gigs? That's a good one. Uh, I would say the last show uh, that we did out here on Long Island, because we don't play out here much. We do a lot of city gigs and stuff, uh, but we did a hometown show. Odie and, and Artie are from a town called Valley Stream. And we played this this bar called uh, the Railroad Inn, and we we packed it wall to wall. It was we were blown away. It was fantastic, and the energy and enthusiasm and just everything that went into that night was so incredible. Uh, I, I haven't felt that. I mean, I've, and Artie has too. He's Artie's played with and Gabby. They've played all these big shows. I haven't felt something like that in years and it was it was for me it was monumental and it, it meant the world to me and then uh we're doing that we're going to play that place again in uh like two weeks on the 21st oh. and we're going to do it all over again it's going to be fantastic i can't wait yeah i i would have to say that 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 might be uh all also and when we did amityville in, in yeah, july that was a good one too was, yeah that was the first show after the pandemic that was a really rocking time and uh but Playing, you know what it was is is we got, you know, we were canceling shows because of COVID, and then some people wanted, you know, vaccination cards, and and that's a lot to ask a fan base to do, and you know everybody's got their own personal opinion on that stuff, and uh, you know we're not above playing a bar, you know it's not like clubs or you know concert halls or arenas is all we do. That's not what we do. We, by the way, we never played an arena, but um, <laughs> not yet. But uh, not yet, right? But you know, so it was just like, you know what, let's go back to the roots. Let's where we started, which was in bars. All of us at one point were playing bars when we were kids. You know, my first show out was 16 years old, you know, and uh, let's do it in a place, you know, the, that Odie and I grew up in. It's, you know, we still have friends in the area. A lot of people live on the island. There ended up being one big reunion. Though. There's so many people showed up that I haven't seen in so long. Um, and uh, there was a there was a ton of people I've never even seen before in my life you know which was really cool so you know doing these shows and doing it doing it with uh fire is murder which is uh my friend steve gallo's band um and uh you know doing it with with eddie sutton in the leeway new york city thing that he's doing uh leeway is one of my favorite bands growing up um it's just it's just so much fun and it's basic and uh it just shows that you know it humbles us it it, it shows you know we're, we're nobody but you know um we'll we'll play anywhere to anybody just for the fun of it and we have a lot of fun at these at these events you know yeah yeah and not to get too negative now but we'll flip it around is there an experience you would say has been the worst experience you've had on stage and how did you overcome it um well we we did we did a run out uh in i believe it was october darren wasn't with us on the shows because he was going through some health issues and uh our friend mike podber filled in for him and we did uh, ohio two shows in ohio and the first show uh you know they were they were pumping these shows up for us and the first show we played we, we played to the staff right. <laughs> of the bar and we gave it all we had we didn't care we, we were okay the staff is our crowd but that's what we're playing to you know and uh but i gotta tell you that i i don't hold on to negative um uh negative experiences like that you know, it's just we're on to the next thing. And 
So I don't have a moment where it was like, oh, this is just terrible. You know, I, I we've in the beginning, we've played shows where the drummer we had just stopped in the middle of the song or, you know, all those kind of growing pains that you go through. But, um, you know, I don't have one thing that's just the worst. Even playing in the staff was fun for us, you know. Darren, what, uh, what about you? Not really. I mean, it's, you know, I, so far the runs have been pretty good. You know, uh, like I missed that Ohio run because uh, I was going through some stuff. But uh, other than that, I mean, everything's been pretty, pretty solid as of, you know, right now. So we'll see as things go on. But right now, I think we're, we're on a we're on a good pace. So that's that's a good thing. Good, good. Uh, one of the few times there hasn't been much negative experiences mentioned when I asked that question. So it's always good to good to hear. And as concert goers, would you say there's any concerts you've been to that have made you? For me, it's Pantera. I saw them 26 times in my favorite band. Oh man. I, tra- I traveled across the country to see them. Uh, again, those lights would go out and I knew that everything was going to change right in that minute, no matter who, if they were headlining or if they were opening for black Sabbath or whatever they were doing, that band, I owe everything to, um, because they formed me musically into who I am. And, uh, I will forever be grateful to those four gentlemen from Dallas, Texas. Uh, I, I have to actually, the, the first time I saw Pantera, uh, on the vulgar display, uh, tour uh, was a game changer for me. I've never seen anything like it since. Um, I mean, I've seen I've seen everybody. You know, I've seen Slayer a million times. I've seen, but but just that that time uh, that defined me as a person, and, and that you know that's that's who I locked onto that band. You know, I mean, I love so many different bands. Don't get me wrong. You know, uh, but you know uh, that you know, and then like seeing Iron Maiden, like the, like the stadium bands playing. You know, the Metallica and the stadium bands, it just brings it to another level just, you know, because you realize that so much goes into those shows, so much more that goes into those shows than, than the smaller uh, venues like that I saw Pantera at. But it had to be Pantera. The place went nuts. Uh, White Zombie opened up for them. I, I'd never heard of White Zombie before until that night. And the, just the whole experience, the whole night, you know, when... When uh, Pantera came on and wall to wall, the place lost its mind. It's lost its collective mind. And it just, you know, people that dive in and jumping off. It just, it was, it was mayhem. And it was like, oh, this is, this is where I belong. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly. my, this is my Graceland. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the, the perfect gig. Heaven almost. Oh, yeah. All, yeah. Everything yeah. Was and. Before we move on to the last couple of questions, what is next for you guys? Have you got anything locked in and in the future? Uh, we just got a couple of gigs coming up. Like I said, we have the, the show on the 21st, and then we have a show in New York City uh, with uh, like Leeway and, uh, and Rage and a bunch of hardcore bands. It's a little festival. It's a matinee uh, that Drew Stone put together, and uh, it, that's going to be fantastic. I can't wait for that. Uh, and then we have a couple songs we're sitting on and we're just kind of seeing how weaponized, you know, kind of takes off and see what kind of make a plan around that. Yeah. We're, we're, you know, we're in the hunt for some serious management. Um, you know, uh, we definitely need that. Um, and you know, we'll see where, where these songs take us. Uh, you know, we might, 
go in and do a full length. We, you know, everything's pretty much up in the air. We, we take things as they come. You know, we have some shows, we have some opportunities coming up. We, we've been getting some tour opportunities uh, that really didn't fit for us. So we didn't, we didn't take them, you know, uh, we're trying to be wise. You know, we all have lives outside of music. Um, so, you know, we have to pick our spots uh, where we're going to fit in the best and um, what works for us financially too, because, you know, touring is, is a financial commitment and, uh, and the economy is not doing so well and gas prices are up. So in order to really do it, we got we to gotta do it right. Um, but, you know, we'll see what comes down the pike. We're working with some great people right now um, that are really pushing us. And, um, you know, we're very happy with that, with what's going on with them. So uh, we're, we're okay with being patient. And, uh, and we know that if we just keep putting in the work, eventually, you know, um, you know, success is where opportunity and, uh, and, and preparedness come in. You know, we prepare and, and, and when the opportunity comes, we'll, uh, you know, we'll seize it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I'm a firm believer in when you work your absolute ass off at something, no matter how long it takes, the success oh, yeah. will come. You same, know? Right? Yeah. same philosophy. Mm. Yeah, all of us feel that way. Yeah, yeah. And the whole online thing nowadays, it's a nightmare for the music industry, you know, for bands trying oh, yeah. to get new followers, stuff like that. How do you guys approach it? How do you find it? Kind of just got to play the game, right? I mean, it changes all the time, right? So, I mean, I could tell you 10 years ago, the Facebook game was completely different than it is today. I mean, there's so much blocking that they do now and they don't let you, like you used to be able to take a video from YouTube and share it and you would get likes. Yeah. Now that they're not, they don't, they don't want to deal with Google. You got to put it in the, like the link, the comments to like, just, you know, try to beg people and the reach is hard and the algorithms and it's, it, you try to do stuff from your band page. You try to do it from the personal page. It's it's very it's very weird, yeah. um, but you just kind of got to find the right groove uh, and just kind of run with what works. Uh, and that's kind of what we try to do. It's uh, we're not a hundred percent there yet, but we're working on it. And uh, you know, as as yeah, we work with new people. They kind of show us the way to hey, try this or try that. So that's kind of how we look at like the, the online thing right now. Uh, streaming. I mean, that, that works right now We're we're doing very well with streaming. So, and at YouTube, so those two are great, but it's trying to figure out the socials uh, because it's once you hit that algorithm, it's just, you got to really fight to get in there. And it's weird because Facebook doesn't really accept hashtags, but Instagram is all hashtags, right? So you kind of got to balance that out. It's just it's just a weird thing. I don't I don't know why it's just not more simplified, but you know whatever it is what it is, and we we work through it, and uh, we we've had you know some success with it, and uh, we're getting more followers as of late with the release of Weaponize, so that's great. Yeah, yeah. Arty, anything to add to it? That no, I'm an idiot. So that <laughs> uh, Darren Darren does majority of the socials for us. Uh, I did it for a long time and, and he's just better at it. Uh, I'm a very busy person, you know, in, in my, in my life. So, um, you know, he's more than happy to do it. He loves doing it. He's good at it. Uh, Darren's great at networking with all that stuff. And like I said, we you know it's just part of the game. You got to play it. 
you know, I guess, you know, do we want to do that? No. Would, would we like it to go back to just, you know, CDs and, you know, and that kind of stuff and word of mouth and the way that it used to be when we grew up? Absolutely. But it's never going back there, you know. So um, we just have to, you know, face it as, as it is and uh, do the best we can, man. You know what? You just put your best foot forward and, and you, you got to live with it. You got to be okay with it, you know. What I really hate about it, though, is that it's like it's really stacked against you. It's almost making it's like you're ma- it's making you fail or it's set up to make you fail. Like you could have thousands of followers. You put up a post or a new video and 10 or 20 of your followers will see it unless you pay for ads. Like, how is that even fair or even allowed? You know, if it was any other business, it'd be banned. Yeah. And it, it makes no sense to me. And I try to figure it out all the time. So like I could personally post great chicken sandwich and I'll get like 3000 people saying, yeah, <laughs> man, thumbs up, hearts everywhere. Check out weaponized two people. And I'm like, yeah. all right, so cool. You like the chicken sandwich. You don't really want to check out the song. Okay. That makes sense. So I, I and all, everyone on my page, like is metalheads, right? And they're all music nerds and they're right. So it's not like it's I'm reaching out to like grandmas or like my aunts or my uncles. I'm reaching out to like hard rock and metal people and like stupid stuff will get a million likes. But, you know, hey, check out our new single on Spotify. Eh, Three. Yeah. So, yeah, you're exactly right. It's kind of stacked and it's weird. It's like I feel like those algorithms are set up to then like push things away. Right. Like they'll let, Hey, happy birthday, Jack. Right. They'll let that through, but like, you know, come see my band play or, you know, support this or whatever. And it picks words and just kind of, Nope. Yeah. So it's real weird. Cause people say it all the time. Like, Hey, I didn't know you had a new single out. When did you release the single? I'm like, Oh, it came out like three weeks ago. Just saw the post right now. Really? Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, oh, it's a nightmare. One thing that's supposed to be a lot fairer though at the moment anyway is TikTok. Have you guys thought about jumping on that platform? I, I wouldn't even know where to start. My kid has TikTok and I don't know. Sometimes I watch him watching it and I want to like blow my head off because it's just crazy. But I'm seeing everyone do it now. Like I just saw White Snake has one now, and I'm like, Coverdale's using one. Okay, <laughs> so I mean, and he's like 70, right? So yeah. it's like, okay, so if Coverdale's using it, uh, maybe I look at it because hmm. I, I do know that from what I've heard that the reach is much greater, and there's less of a, I don't know, like algorithm, right? Yeah, it, it kind of the algorithm actually works with you, kind of. Um, and that's what my kid said. Cause he like posts, my kid's obsessed with like, uh, like sports cars and like sometimes like a Lamborghini will be in the neighborhood. He'll video it and post it. He'll get like 350 likes. And I'm like, well, that's kind of impressive. Like you just posted a car going by for eight <laughs> seconds. So maybe something we got to look into. I don't know. I gotta, yes. I gotta look at it. So stay tuned for our TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. I mean, Artie has great hair and he's a fantastic dancer. So anything's possible. I was just going to say, I can't wait for them dance trends. Listen, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put my pit bull in everything and put pit bull in, and it'll, it'll get a million views because that's probably to be the thing. Yeah. And I, I asked my son the other day. I said, you know, do you post 
videos on TikTok? And he says, no. So I, I knew I was successful as a father. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but maybe to be successful as a band, we need to go on TikTok. I, I don't know. You know, I'm not opposed to really anything. You know, um, I'm not chomping at the bit either. You know, so I'm, I'm kind of nonchalant about the whole thing. It, it does beat, you know, uh, stapling flyers to telephone poles. Yeah. You know, so... If we could get out there and, and, and do that, um, uh, you know, and get more and get more people involved, that'd be great. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't rule it out anyway. <laughs> no. And uh, we'll move on to the last couple of questions. If there was any band or artist from history, dead or alive, you could see in concert for one night only, who would it be? Hmm. That's not Pantera. <laughs> No, it's a good question. <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to answer that. Uh, you go first, Audie. Give me a minute. Um, I don't know. I probably probably Michael Jackson in his heyday. Really? Yeah, probably. Oh. Yeah, I hear that I, a I lot, was, actually. Yeah, but I, the guy was amazing. I, regardless of whatever people think he was or whatever, you know, uh, just. The guy was phenomenal and you know back in the thriller days to see him during those shows yeah, probably actually the most amazing thing in the world the guy was an extraordinary entertainer performer and uh and that that would be cool to me that's the first thing that popped in my head so that's my answer good one good one i'm gonna go with rainbow with dio uh nice. because i'm a massive dio fan as well uh and i love rainbow and the rainbow rising album was massive massively huge on me growing up uh, my dad was a rainbow fan and a deep massive deep purple fan my dad's seen deep purple like 40 times so um so yeah i'd say rainbow with dio would be pretty badass in the 70s hell yeah sounds like two pretty pretty great concerts there and the next one we're getting a bit trickier if there was any performer or artist from history you had to spend 24 hours locked in a room with who would it be hmm. uh that's a good one hmm. wow really that's makes a it think. That's a lot I'm, of I'm reevaluating my life right now <laughs> 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 uh so many interesting people out there Mm. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I like to have fun. So uh, I, I might just pick somebody fun like Ozzy Osbourne or something, but, um, wow. Maybe Steve. I, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Steve. I, yeah. 24 hours in a room with him. I'm sure we'd end up picking up guitars and, you know, uh, I, I, I could, I could pick up a few pointers from him. Uh, he was one of my favorites growing up. And uh, he's just so smooth. Mm. So maybe, maybe Steve I. Good choice. Good choice. It definitely wouldn't get boring anyway. No. No. Yeah. And for me, typical drummer answer, right? Neil Peart. Absolutely. I mean, forget that the guy is probably one of, the, if not the greatest rock and roll drummer of all time, right? But genius, right? Those lyrics, he was so uh, philosophical and and just everything. Like, and he's funny. Like, no one really knew that side of Neil. But if you watch, like, some I've watched 
tons of documentaries on him and stuff. He was a real fun guy and he just enjoyed life. And you know, he's always into like, like driving cross country on motorcycles. I think that would be cool. Like, I don't know. So yeah, probably Neil. Neil's the man. Let's go with Neil. Another good one. Another good choice. And the next one, I'm afraid I'm, I have to apologize. It's another one that's going to make you think. Oh boy. Is there a song that would appear on the soundtrack to your lives? Song that would appear. Uh, let's see. That's a good one. The wheels on the bus go around. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the one. Perfect choice. That's the first one I <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know. Um, you know, like I said, I've lived a hundred different lives, so there's so many. Um, I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna pick for the love of God by Steve Vai. I, I, I could go with that soundtrack. It's, it's moody. It's all up and down. It's, um, you know, and, and just basically, you know, there's so many different things, you know, uh, there's angry music. I could pick, a, you know, a song from that. There's this kind of music, but as far as just a, just a beautiful tune uh, and, and where I am now in my life and how settled I am and um, how at peace I am and happy I am. I would say for the love of God by Steve Vai. Sounds like the, uh, the perfect one. So, yeah, that's a toughie. Uh, you know, I'm gonna look. I got, I got to do it, but I'm gonna go back to, I'm gonna go back to those four gentlemen from Texas. I'm gonna say strength beyond strength uh, because that's me, man. Strength beyond strength. Every day, I wake up and I just fight and I do what I got to do and never give up. Uh, so my words to everybody: if you hit a bump in the road, you never give up. And uh, you just keep going. And that's me. So that song uh, many, many years ago changed who I was. I was a very angry, violent young man uh, with a very t- awful attitude. And something about that song changed me. And uh, so I'm going to go with that one. Brilliant. Brilliant. Couldn't be any other one by the sounds of it then. It's the perfect song for you. Yeah. And the final one, is there something I should have asked you, but I didn't? Uh, I, I, I don't think about myself that much, so I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, no. Um, you did a fantastic yeah. job. Yeah, yeah. We, we touched on everything. You know, we talked about the guys, the band a little bit. We talked about... Um, you know, uh, pretty much touched it all. No, there's no, we're just thrilled to be a part of this and, and be talking yeah. with you right now. Brilliant. I'm, I'm glad you're, uh, you're happy with it. So,
when there's no breeze. Sounds you can't explain. Foreboding feelings of dread. Sheer horror. This is Haunting Abaddon, an original podcast from Epilid Media featuring stories of the paranormal, demonic possessions, poltergeists and hauntings, and all things that will scare the hell out of you. These things do more than go bump in the night. Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I for one surely did. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Your five-star review will be read out on the show. And don't forget, you can now rate us on Spotify. You can find and follow us on all social media at Concerts That Made Us Podcast. And don't forget to check out the website at www.concertsthatmadeus.com. And if you'd like to support the show, you can do so by signing up at patreon.com forward slash concerts that made us so until next time keep rocking hey hey what are you guys still doing there the show is over it's over you can go home go on we'll see you next time we'll be here bye